to this week's presentation of Center Stage Bronx, highlighting rider students in the fields of the performing arts. Remember to please refrain from using flash photography and holding loud conversations. The show is about to begin, so sit back and silence all cell phones as Emily Cott takes you backstage right here on 1077 The Bronx. 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronx.com. I'm Emily Cott and you're listening to Center Stage Bronx. On today's show, we have two very special guests, Gray Davidock and Johnny Doty. Gray is a Ryder University junior from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. His major is musical theater. During his time at Ryder so far, Gray has been a part of productions such as You're in Town, Kiss Me Kate, The Great Comet of 1812, and more. He is also a brother of Theta Chi alongside our second guest of the episode, Johnny Doty. Doty is a senior musical theater major from Long Island, New York. Some of the productions Doty has been a part of at Ryder University so far includes Working, Monster Songs, It's a Wonderful World, The Radio Play, You're in Town, and most recently, The Prom. Doty ha- also had his first professional contract this summer performing at Tibbetts Opera House in Coldwater, Michigan. So how are you guys doing today? Doing well. Good. Happy to be here. Yeah, first time on the radio station here, so wow. that's pretty cool. Your yeah. debut. The debut. So exciting. So basically, we're just going to get into just like some fun little questions about how you guys got started to versus how you are today. Cool. So first, how long have you been singing and acting? We'll start with Gray. So I started singing when I was really little. I think my first time like really singing was I was like a toddler in my church's choir. Oh, wow. That that was. Yeah. My mom had me doing it early. That was like my my intro to the performing world. And then I think when I kind of made the choice, the first choice to do it myself, I think it was right before fifth grade. Uh, a friend of mine was doing the summer camp and he was one of my close friends and I wanted to go with him. And it was like a theater summer camp. And that was my kind of introduction to the world of theater was like around that time. Okay, what about you? Um, yeah, I started singing in middle school. Uh, my best friend at the time, he kind of like forced me to join the chorus. I was in the band, but um, I never did chorus. I like sang for fun and like in the car and it was usually me like my family uh, but like I would just sing in the car and stuff but during a parent teacher conference uh, my chorus teacher met with my mom and she said that uh, she thought I had a great voice and that she thought I should audition for um, at the time the high school's production of Les Mis because they were uh, looking for someone younger yeah to play the role of a uh, Gavroche okay and funny enough my mom was like had no idea I could sing and she literally said like my Johnny like, cause I did, I never like did anything with like, like Horace in my life. And then I was auditioning for this high school show. So, so throughout your education, like in like elementary school, middle school, high school, did you know that you wanted your path to be musical theater? Uh, so <laughs> I, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life and I'm still kind of figuring that out, but up up through middle school and high school, all I knew was I, I got good grades, but I really did not like school at all. Like I was not super into many of my yeah. classes. I, I just couldn't handle the whole system thing of just you go, you listen, you write, you go home and you do the same thing at home with your homework and then it gets graded. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I just knew I didn't want it to be something traditional. Yeah. I didn't even know you could go to college for musical theater until I was like 16 or 17. Okay. I had no idea it was even a thing. Uh, what about you, Johnny? Uh, I definitely did not know that I'd be doing this. Um, and like growing up, I played a lot of different sports. Um, my favorite sport is basketball, and I still love basketball. Gray and I, even we, we 
talk about NBA stuff and we still try and play. Um, so it's a huge passion, but I thought that I was going to pursue basketball and that just did not happen. Um, I stopped growing. I <laughs> I knew I just did not have the height for like it. Like a little high school musical moment? Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> like, like, like a Zac Efron moment. Troy, yeah, Troy, Troy Bolton, Bolton moment. Uh, yeah, so I couldn't really pursue it. And I still love basketball, but I was like, you know what? Maybe we try this uh, musical theater path, give it a try. So what do you guys love most about musical theater at Ryder so far? Specifically at Ryder? Or just in general? In general, uh, about musical theater, I think my favorite thing is just that, that feeling of creating something from nothing with a group of other people who are all just aspiring to do the same, just a group of artists, how uh, just a group of artists can come together and create a story with spectacle and value and create something that people will want to go see and and they will feel what you've created yeah and it's just such a special thing that you don't really get in many other art forms i think it's one of the most intimate art forms out there and it's just special yeah and similar to what grace said i mean like everyone who uh does musical theater or even like likes musical theater or acting in general they everyone has great ideas and it's always so cool whenever you can come together during a show. Yeah. And I mean, one of the best things I've ever like learned from a director is like, uh, best idea in the room wins. <laughs> and like, Aiden remember, uh, Gray and Aiden remember that, our friend Aiden. But uh, Todd Bonapane. Yeah. During your Shout in out town. Todd Bonapane. That, yeah, you're in town, that was our director. But um, it's, it's so valid because in the room, like, you, you start seeing how creative we all are and just like it could be a completely different thought than what you originally were thinking but you you it turns into this show that is unlike any other and that is another thing I mean every show is different so. yeah so the next question is so growing up who were your influences in regards to performing um, for my earliest influence in the world of performing was definitely Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah. If you know who that is, big shout out if you did know who that is. If not, he's the, the front man of Green Day. And when I was really little, is like I don't know how old I was, probably like pretty young, like early grade school, is when I started figuring out like who Green Day was and like all that stuff. And then when I saw some performances of his, some videos of him performing, I was just captivated by that energy that he brings. And just like the way he like works a crowd is so incredible. He's just so, he's like a ball of fire on stage <laughs> and it's just so much fun to watch him. So I started, I honestly, before I really got into theater, I was doing like stage music. I was playing in like a rock band and he was definitely my biggest influence there. But as I moved into the stage world and acting and musical theater, my two biggest influences are definitely Jeremy Jordan and Leonardo DiCaprio. The yes. most basic answer <laughs> any any guy is ever going to give you who performs, but oh my god, they're they're like two of my biggest inspirations ever to this day. I just I see them as like the greatest in their respective fields and that's what I want to strive for. Um when I grew growing up, like my family they, they always called me like a mini Robin Williams. And I didn't Aww. know I didn't know who Robin Williams was at the time. Yeah. But they always would be like I I'd be like I was really energetic and just like very quick witted with a lot of things, especially like when I was trying to like make jokes. Um and 
I would just be like bouncing off the walls in like my <laughs> living room at home, and like they'd be like, "Oh, he's on one of his like Robin Williams tangents again." And um, I mean, now that I am older, looking back, it's like, "Wow!" I mean, I did never realized how much of a impact Robin Williams like had on the world, and not only comedy but performing and yeah. like movies i mean his acting was stellar re- re- regardless of if he was doing like a a more uh comedic thing like that was his niche but like he he also like performed in these amazing emotional movies um yeah but then like if i was if i were to say like like music wise uh on my little ipad ipod nano at the time <laughs> no my, there was <laughs> um there was a lot of queen and michael jackson on that okay. some alicia keys too um, so those were like my first uh, musical uh, people that I would listen to, and then I grew up and I loved uh, Panic at the Disco. So I love Panic. I was at a Disco. big uh, yeah, I was a big Brendan Urie fan. I had Mary a big fan. phase in like middle school, high school. If right. you don't have a middle school, high school phase of liking Panic at the Disco, you missed out. Right. You did. Yeah. You definitely, <laughs> definitely missed out. Yeah. So what was your favorite Robin Williams <laughs> film? I have to say, like thinking back. That's, it's such a hard question. I, I mean, this is technically a Robin Williams film, but like him as the genie and just like just yes. like him. That's a good answer. I mean, yeah, that's like, a good answer. Just it's iconic. I mean, everyone knows that like that's just him and his voice and just like he built that character and like he never like played it on a stage or anything, but like just the voice alone. I yeah. mean, he was the foundation. Right. Right. Th- thoughts on Dead Poet Society. Um, that one again. That was one of the ones where it's like I love Dead Poets. Society. Yeah, it's so it's emotional. It's one of the people regard it as like one of the best movies, really. Of I've never seen it. Oh my god, such a good watch. <laughs> yeah, but um, that I mean, it's regarded as such a such a wonderful film, uh, and it is a more serious role of his. But yeah, yeah. But we're gonna take a quick break to go into underwriting announcements. So we'll be back with more Center Stage Bronx after these underwriting announcements only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronx.com. Act one of today's program has come to a close, but don't go anywhere. Center Stage Bronx will resume after these underwriting announcements here on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronx.com. Quick, intermission is about to end. Quietly and orderly find your seats as Act 2 of Center Stage Bronx commences right here on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronx.com. 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronx.com. We are back with Center Stage Bronx after these underwriting announcements. So in this segment, the first question that I'm going to get into is how did you guys, if you guys ever had stage fright like growing up, how did you guys overcome it when the first time you stepped on the stage? So I've always been a pretty anxious kid. Like, ever since I was little, like, if there was focus on me, I did not want to get embarrassed. I would get embarrassed so easily as a kid. And I still do. I just hide it really well now, most of the time. <laughs> um, so I think when I first started performing, like the first time I ever did it, I don't really know how nervous I was because I just thought it was still kind of silly. But then when I got a little bit older, like 13, 14, and I started to try to take it a little bit more seriously, then I would be really nervous. Like every time I'd have to sing in front of people, I'd be, like, shaking, like, full yeah. body shaking. And I can't speak for everybody, but I know for me and, and like other performers I've talked to, that feeling doesn't really ever go away. You just learn how to kind of harness it. Like I'm nervous every time I do any performance. It could be big, it could be small, it could be I'm, I'm at a, a restaurant with some friends and it's karaoke night and I go up to yeah. sing karaoke. I'm still nervous. I just like have learned how to let that work in my favor 
And there are still times where it overcomes me and it affects my performance. But I don't know. It's just kind of something you have to balance because you care about your art and this is what you want to do. So you learn how to work through it. Yeah, very similar to what Gray said. I mean, like, everyone experiences it at some point. I mean, that's so valid and normal. Yeah. Um, I, rem I remember when I first started, it was obviously worse, but um, it never really got the best of me because like at the end of the day I was confident in my performance I wanted to put on a great show um, and kind of what Gray was saying like that energy that you feel at the start and that adrenaline I you just I've learned over time to really channel that and just kind of help it uh, yeah. help my performance and give it more even more energy um, but it's hard I mean like and there are certain shows where like I think I'll be nervous and I'm not and then shows like that my nerves are just they skyrocket out of nowhere but um I've noticed a lot of like techniques as well just like breathing I have this I started doing it for prom recently I would literally just like if I was nervous I'd go to the wing like 10 minutes early close my eyes and just breathe mm -hmm. and then once like the, the downbeat started of the musical that's when I opened my eyes and just kind of I was like, okay, I'm in character, I'm in the moment, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so the next question is, what is your favorite role that you have ever had to play? Um, so it, it definitely, at the time, was not my favorite role, but in terms of everything I've ever done, the role that I look back on the most fondly was, there's a show called The Drowsy Chaperone, I'm not sure if okay. you've heard of it. I've heard of it, yeah. It's a comedy, it's a big cast comedy. And I was one of the smaller, like, more featured supporting roles of the main cast. It was this comedic duo of these two gangsters who disguise themselves as pastry chefs. And it was one of me and my best friends. Big shout out to Luke Preston, one of my best friends from back home. And we just had so much fun <laughs> with this silly, goofy role. Because I, I've always been, even when I was younger, I've always been into dramas more than comedies. And I've always been, like... I've had more fun working on a dramatic role, so this was a little out of my ballpark. Yeah. But we had so much fun together, and that cast was just so special because it was just the the one time in high school, everybody goes through weird things with their friends in high school, but exactly. I, I don't remember any arguments, any anyone <laughs> having beef with each other in that show. It was just so much fun, and it was also the, uh, part of our little trio there. Uh, there's a character named Feldzig, who we kind of harassed the whole show. And that was played Aww. by my good friend, Neil Patel, who we sadly lost in uh, August of 2021. And that was the last show I ever did with him. Mm -hmm. And me and Luke were really good friends with him. And that, it's just a really special memory now. Yeah. Right. To look back on that show and know that not only he was there, but everybody was there. Right. It was my exactly. sophomore year and most of my friends were juniors or seniors and everybody was there. It was the last time I got to do a show with everybody. Mm -hmm. And Aww. it was super successful. And I just look back on it very, very fondly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I mean, this past summer I did three different shows, but my last show that I did, I was in, um, it was actually a play. It was called, uh, Lend Me a Tenor. And I was, I played the lead, uh, Max, and he was the, um, the go-to guy at this, like, fancy old, uh, operatic house. And, uh, the whole concept is, like, they're getting the, the, the greatest tenor in the world, Tito Morelli, to, uh, perform at the Opera House. But it's a farce, and it's very just over-the-top yeah. comedy, and it's ridiculous. Um, it was probably, not probably, it was the hardest role I ever had to, to play. And, I mean, 
I was, for that role, I was on stage a lot. Just kind of, I mean, going, bouncing back and forth. I had like a total of four minutes off the stage throughout the entire show. And when I was off stage, I was getting into like clown makeup oh, or wow. like doing a quick change, taking off the clown makeup, putting on a suit. It was crazy. I was hopping over tables, uh, <laughs> but I love those kind of roles where it's just kind of like I could almost use like my athletic past to just yeah. like really chug my way through the entire show. But um, I have to say that this past summer was definitely a great experience for that. So, Johnny, you kind of already answered my next question, but what was the hardest role that you ever had to play? Um, I think, I don't know, I've been challenged a lot. I'm, I'm very grateful to have been challenged a lot That's with the good. roles that I've got, actually. It's, it's, it's very fun. I think I'm going to go with, in my sophomore year, same year as Drowsy, but months before, um, every year my high school did a play and a musical, <clears throat> and this year our play was Macbeth. Okay. And I had never done Shakespeare. Yeah, that's challenging. And I also had not read a ton of Shakespeare as a 14, 15-year-old kid. And I was Macduff, who is in it quite a bit, and he's got some challenging stuff. And I just had a really hard time. Like, even when I, I thought I was kind of getting in a groove and, like, doing well with it, I would spend some one-on-one -on -one time with the director. And he's like, yeah, I kind of want you to go this direction. I really don't think you fully understand what you're saying in some of these parts. I just need you to be able to embrace it a little bit more and get more comfortable with the language. So I, I had to put a lot of work into that show. Yeah. To, you know, it. understand the language. I don't know. It was a, it was a lot for me when I was 15, but I'm very grateful for it because from that moment, I, I really do enjoy Shakespeare quite a lot now. And I've, I've found a lot of material after that that I use in like my repertoire of monologues. And there's a lot of shows that I want to be in one day because I had that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean... I touched on this past summer, but uh, junior year, uh, I did Urinetown. Gray and I did Urinetown. We, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but um, I was Officer Lockstock, and he was the most, like, this role was just, like, not me like it yeah. wasn't it wasn't me as a person. Yeah, so it was, like, hard for you to play. Right. I was kind of just... I would talk. I would talk down here in like in this voice the entire show, and then like I have a high like I have a higher voice like just speaking wise and yeah. Um, it was just so much material to memorize, and I mean it ended up being again like one of my favorite roles I've ever played. But it was it was really challenging. Um, but but again rewarding because you like, I mean it's it is so rewarding putting in all that work and then seeing it pay off. So the next question that I have is, <laughs> is there a moment during your time working with musical theater, it can be on rider, off rider, that has pushed you to your comfort zone, out of, outside of your comfort zone? Give me a minute. If you have an answer, John, you can go first, I'm mm. thinking. I'd have to say totally. I don't know if I could really think of one right now, but I think with musical theater, we are constantly challenged yeah, outside of our answer. yeah we are constantly challenged outside of our comfort zone and um obviously to an extent i mean it's cool because i feel like as performers we can really we we've we can do a lot yeah. on the stage and we are able to uh i guess go through a lot of 
different like scenarios and situations easier and more professional than I feel like a lot of people yeah. on stage, you know? I mean, yeah. you're, a lot of the time on stage, you're going to do things that are uncomfortable. And I found my answer if you do want a specific moment. Yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> I can't believe that I didn't think of this right away. So in my freshman year, uh, one of the juniors at the time, his name's Danny Feldman, big shout out to him. He's a phenomenal composer and playwright. Mm -hmm. He was putting up this show that he wrote called Hide and Seek. Okay. And I auditioned for it. It was the first thing I auditioned for at Ryder, and I got in, and I was really excited about it. But in the script, my character had to remove his shirt on stage and like oh. get a spotlight on, like <laughs> yeah. spotlight wow. me shirtless on stage, my first act, my first scene ever <laughs> wow. on the Ryder stage. And he was like, I will absolutely change this if you don't want to do it. And I was like, let me think about it. But like, I'm pretty sure I'm totally comfortable. And I, had to, I had to think about it for a minute. I was like, I know in my head I'm totally comfortable, but I don't know how I'll feel when that moment comes. Yeah, like, exactly. Like every time in rehearsal, I'd be completely fine. And then like opening night, I was like, oh my God, like what is this going to feel like? <laughs> and then long story short, it was completely fine. Like I, I did okay. it and I felt completely fine. But like going up to it, I was like, how am I going to feel when there is a spotlight on me and it's me and one of the guy on stage and I take my shirt off, how am I going to feel? And I felt completely fine, <laughs> no. but leading up to it, I was so nervous. I don't yeah. know why. But that's all the time we have for this segment. So we'll take a quick break here on 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7thebronc.com. We'll be back with more Center Stage Bronx. The backstage crew is preparing the set for the next act of today's presentation. Keep that dialogue in for more Center Stage Bronx as the stage turns to underwriting announcements here on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Quick, the show is about to resume, so grab your popcorn and return to your seat for Act 3 of Center Stage Bronx here on 1077 The Bronx. 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. I'm Emily Cott, and we are back with Center Stage Bronx. So the first question I'm going to ask in this segment is, how does your training from Ryder differ from the one training that you received before Ryder? So, <laughs> the, in a word, dance. <laughs> and I, ditto. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I did not dance nearly at all before coming to Ryder. I never, I never took a dance class, never had like dance really? lesson. No. I, well, because I, I don't, I didn't like it, and I don't. Oh, okay. I, I have <laughs> a, I have a newfound appreciation for it. Yeah. But I, I still wouldn't say it's something I love. But like when I was in high school, I only had one role in my entire high school career where I had to like dance, and then I, I never really thought about it again. I just didn't realize how intense the dance program was going to be here. Right. Like oh, it is. Yeah. We have an incredible musical theater dance program. Mm -hmm. It is phenomenal and. A lot of the people in it are phenomenal. And when I got here freshman year, I will be the first to say it. I was the worst dancer in my <laughs> class. I was the worst dancer in my class by a mile, and I probably still am. But, like, Aww. it was a rude awakening for me to be like, oh, my God, you need to learn how to hang. Because, like, I don't know. I played sports as a kid, too. I, I never thought of myself as an unathletic guy. But it's those classes made me feel, those <laughs> classes made me feel unathletic. I was like, what am I doing here? Yeah. I am in the same boat as Gray. I before before Ryder, I never took a dance class in my entire life. And to be honest, I was terrified. I still get pretty like nervous when I have oh, to yeah. do like when I have to do really intense dancing. Um, but I I mean I am very proud of what I've done in my my growth throughout college because I don't really dance as much as I did uh, like freshman sophomore year. But um, 
it's cool because now I feel like I do have a foundation where I can like go to an audition or like send in a tape and I can kind of just like hold my own. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's kind of like the, like I try and treat dance nowadays as something really not to stress about because it's something that you can get like I mean look I I'm still so new to it and like like Greg was saying it, it can get like it can also get frustrating because like I mean you see people that that are like such a high level and you're like hmm what do I do it's like a <laughs> kindergartner versus yeah. like like someone in high school almost exactly um so I've kind of just had to uh like with with dance, learn that I just kind of gotta I gotta have fun and I can't really stress about it too much. Uh, but you know, I do love like tap. Tap is a tap big, is fun. Yeah, you know what? I will say that too. I I really have such a great appreciation for tap. I do like tapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that it's it's a really hard thing to do, especially when no, you're sure. starting in college. Yeah. So, have you ever been placed with a? I guess part that you didn't feel embodied who you were and how did you, what skills did you use to play the character to make it more believable? Hmm. Oh my God, that is a good question. Um, Let's see. Uh, I feel like I am, I feel like a lot of roles that I've played are not similar to me at all, but that's where like the fun of it kind of yeah. comes. You have to find yourself within the character. Exactly, and uh, so like like I said earlier, like for Urine Town, Officer Lockstock was very very different from me. Yeah. Um, wow. Like if I had to think back, I mean, funny enough, time dance into it. I was at a community theater and I did a uh, Pippin. Okay. Yeah. That's so, a fun show. Yeah. So Ryder did Pippin like my sophomore year I wasn't yeah. a part of it but I obviously like, I saw it um, but at, in this community theater I was leading player and leading player is like a huge role yeah. but like all, but dance wise and <laughs> um, I like I'm just not a leading player but I took it and I did the best job I could have done <laughs> and sometimes in theater you, you really have to just like all you can do is try your best, especially when building a character that's really difficult, um, yeah. because you're not always gonna be uh, a character or role that is similar to you, or yeah. you know, it's it, that's the whole that, that that's one of the cool things about it, though, mm-hmm. the challenge of building a character, especially when you're not like them. <laughs> yeah, I think my biggest moment of that was last year when we did Kiss Me Kate and I was understudying Fred Graham. Fred Graham is kind of like just the worst person, like period. He's kind of like, ter- <laughs> yeah. like a terrible man. And a lot of the things he says and does and qualities he clearly has, I just, not only do I not feel as though I, I emulate, I just think they're terrible qualities in a man. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, how do, because obviously no person thinks they're a bad person. So, no, so no, char- no character can feel that they are innately bad. Right? Yeah. So I was like, how do I learn to play this role without hating him? Right. Because yeah. if, I, if I hate him, then it's I'm going to be inauthentic. I'm going to be inauthentic. Yeah. So how do I find myself within somebody who I just would never agree with? And that, that was a big challenge for me. And a lot of the success I found with that was finding myself within 
the music rather than the script. Mm-hmm. Because some some things he says in songs, I'm like, oh, you know what? That I do emulate that. I just feel it differently than than he would. So I had to do a lot of work there to play that character. Right. And Kiss Me Kate in general is one of those shows. I mean, there are a, like the, Kiss Me Kate is considered a golden age musical. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. It's golden age. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And um, some. I mean. Uh, some of those shows are they're very controversial and Kiss Me Kate I mean it's based off Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare and that is one of the more controversial Shakespeare shows <laughs> um, so obviously I feel like um, musical theater and like Broadway in general everything's getting really it's getting better in terms of like yeah it's getting more modern right but um, sometimes I mean like again like we did I mean Gray did Kiss Me Kate in 2023 and like so you I mean there's a lot of things I know that they had to like change in the script and everything and uh, it can be really challenging sometimes and also you don't want like uh, you don't want to do anything bad (laughs) I mean straight up you don't you want to make sure that everything's respectful right and um, yeah so that I definitely think that is a it's a big challenge nowadays so switching gears the next question I'm gonna ask you so you guys are both involved in musical theater as well as Greek life. So you're both very busy schedules. So how do you manage to <laughs> do that? Um, it, it is very difficult. Yeah. It's just about... Has anybody ever told you the tattoo metaphor, Emily Cott? No. No? <laughs> the tattoo metaphor is a phenomenal metaphor given to me by the great Charles Millet for, <laughs> <laughs> for, for what it is to be a college student. And it, it's basically just to sum it up, treat your college life as if it is a empty tattoo sleeve and each responsibility you take on, you get to choose what that tattoo is going to look like. Mm-hmm. So obviously yeah. in our major, you kind of don't have a choice. You A lot of your life has to mu- be musical Definitely. theater. Like exactly. Most of your life has to be musical right. theater. But then with something that is a, an elected responsibility like Greek life, you have to be responsible with how big that tattoo is going to be. Like, how much do you really get to pour into this thing? Mm-hmm. It's just about managing your schedule and just finding that balance. Totally. I mean... And we do that very differently. We do. <laughs> we definitely do that very differently. I mean, uh, like, right. I mean, we. I like that metaphor, the, the tattoo metaphor, metaphor. Because I would say, like, look, I mean, people don't realize how intense our major can really be yeah I mean now like I'm a senior and I'm like almost done like with my time here but you are usually taking 17 to 18 credits every single semester at Ryder as a musical theater student and it's but also like you have to take into account like we're in shows we have exactly. like rehearsals I mean me I we live off campus I, I I'm working a job right now and even like freshman and sophomore year I had a job you know yeah um, but in terms of like Greek life I first of all I mean I love all the brothers of Theta Chi and it's 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 sometimes it's hard because I can't show up to a lot of things and it's it's like heartbreaking you know yeah. but like one thing that I always respect and like just like again love about the brothers is that they always they show up whenever like for a show or that they're always there to support regardless because they know how busy uh sometimes both of us get for sure i i feel like uh it's it is harder uh like ray is (laughs) you've you've been able to like i feel like appear at a lot more things than i have but yeah i've i've put a lot into that like even with 
I think the reason that that was is because I knew at the start of school you had prom and I had nothing. Exactly. And I knew I had great comic coming up. So this semester, like September, I showed up to everything. If there right. was something they'd Kai related, I was like, I want to be there. I want to be with my brothers. I want to be right. at this event. Yeah, I you just like managed function. it differently. I well because I knew I was about to lose all my time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with great comic, I am booked. Every weekday, yeah. except Mondays, every weekday, uh, 6.30, 10.30, and then weekends, I got Saturday rehearsals, and I'm also, we're both in another show directed by our friend Mitchell Wiley, right. that, directed and written by Mitchell Wiley, yeah. that Shout out. we do rehearsals <laughs> on Sundays and sometimes Mondays, so, oh, there's, wow. so there's every week, That's right. a every, every day of the week, every week is, is booked, mm-hmm. so I've lost a lot of time with Theta Kai now, so that, that's kind of why we had different levels of involvement and can right. continue to do so. Right. But that's all the time we have for this segment. So for, we'll be right back for our final segment of Center Stage Bronx here on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronx.com. The show will be taking a short break as we cut to underwriting announcements. So visit the concession stand while we prepare Act 4 of Center Stage Bronx here on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronx.com. The stage is set and the actors are ready to give the final act their all. So take your seats as Center Stage Bronx continues here on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. I'm Emily Cott and we are back with Center Stage Bronx. So in this segment, I'm going to touch on basically what your plans are after graduation. Um, I know you're a junior, so you still have some time to go. I'm already a junior. (laughs) But what are your future goals? Johnny, you start, bro. You're closer. Uh, <laughs> I'm already a senior. Yeah. Uh, first of all, college flew by. Holy moly. That, it's crazy. It's like, crazy, yeah. It's I'm actually, a senior as well, and it feels like it's going way too fast. It's insane. It's, it's insane. way too fast. I mean, look, I did take a gap semester, but um, and I'm graduating on time, but it's still really crazy. Because, yeah. like, I mean, it felt like yesterday I was... I mean, look, my freshman year was... Uh, not like quote unquote take it away, but it, a lot no, of it was on we, Zoom. No, but we came in through COVID, so. right? So like, that feels like yesterday, you know. And now here I am. I am a twenty-one, almost twenty-two-year-old man <laughs> going out into the real world. That's scary. It's scary because also one thing about our major that I feel like a lot of people don't realize as well is um, we aren't always guaranteed work. I mean, there are a lot of people like my sister. She worked very hard to be a PA uh, throughout her entire college experience. She did six years of college, but now she's a working PA and she's very successful. But the thing about being a musical theater major is we don't really know if we're gonna have an opportunity after college. Yeah. So it takes a lot, like as of right now, I'm doing the quote unquote senior year stuff of kind of just like making sure uh, I'm about to like make my website soon, and um, I've been on the agent hunt and like just like finalizing the the book of just like all the songs that I sing, and it it can be really overwhelming. It's exciting, it's exciting, but overwhelming too because it's just crazy to think that like I'm gonna be out in the in the in the real world soon auditioning for these big boy jobs, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it can be really terrifying, but it's also really, it's cool. It's cool to think about it sometimes, too. I, I agree with everything. It is really freaky. And like, <laughs> e- even though I do have another year and a half, still, I'm like, being a junior feels 
crazy. Like high yeah. school dragged for me. I did not like yeah. high school. I, it did. It, I felt like I spent seven years in high school. <laughs> I feel like I'm in my first year of college. I feel like this is semester two. I feel like I'm just getting started. Like yeah. I, I don't. And I still don't have an idea. Well, no, I do. I, just, I still don't have a finalized idea of what I'm trying to do when I get out of here. It's like, I don't know if I want to go to New York. I don't know if I want to stay local mm. and try to work in New York. I don't know if I want to move to L.A. Right. And try to get started on the scene over there. It's, I don't know, it's very, it's very overwhelming and... I applaud you for how you're handling it, Dodie, because I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to handle <laughs> well, it look, so well. I mean, you got to, like, well, like, like me, I have, like, I know, um, like I said, like we said earlier, I'm from Long Island, New York, uh, so from Ryder, it's about, like, uh, an hour 40 on a good day. It can be, like, three hours on a bad day with traffic. Yeah. But, like, I'm going to be living back home, um, and I am just going to be, I mean, look, I'm also a, a certified personal trainer. So it's always good to have like a backup plan. A lot of people with our our, uh, major and just like this whole thing is just, you gotta have something that like maybe you can tie to musical theater or it can be something completely different. Mine just so happened to be like personal training and um, that's something I definitely wanna try and pursue and like who knows, like work at a gym or- Exactly. um, But yeah i mean i know all i know is i'm i'm gonna be living back at home i can save some money (laughs) right Uh, i work at a pizzeria usually back home so i mean it might be chill for a while but i'll just continue to i'll be sending auditions talking to some agencies hopefully and we'll see where it goes so the next question that i have are who are your biggest supporters as in regards to performing or just in life Mm. uh in life and performing definitely my mom Massive shout out to my mom because when I kind of started thinking about doing this for real, I was like, I don't, I don't know, like, how you're gonna feel about this. This is kind of what I'm thinking about doing with college, and this probably isn't what you had in mind. It's not even what I had in mind. I didn't really know it existed until yeah. like, recently, mm-hmm. and it's a big risk. There's a chance I, well, there's, there's, first of all, there's a chance I don't even get into any of these programs that we don't have to talk about anymore. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just go to a normal school, do a normal major. <laughs> but if I do. There's a chance I do this for four years and then struggle. Mm. And she, yeah. she was just like, I I want you to go somewhere and do something that's going to make you happy and follow your passion rather than just doing something to get by and make money because nobody ever was happy doing that. Exactly. Mm. So I'm, I'm very thankful for her. Yeah, and I, I cannot agree more. I mean, my family in general, like, I... They never bat an eye whenever I said I wanted to pursue musical theater, which is something that not many people have that luxury. Um, of course, like one one deal is like we want you to get a degree. However, that can be in whatever you like. And I said musical theater, and we hit the ground running, and now like here we are. I mean, I, I again, <laughs> like we said, I'm a senior. I'm about to graduate, but like yeah. um, I definitely have to say. My mom, my sister, my stepdad, um, my friends, uh, Aiden Kelly, Gray, and Mitchell Wiley. I mean, we're all roommates, but I love those guys so, so much. And then my girlfriend, Juliet, you know, I mean, she has helped me so much, especially in terms of just like motivation and to keep following my passions whenever it's really, really hard. So I think it's just, I mean, I'm really thankful I have a support system like that. And I think Greg can say the exact same thing. I mean, it's you need a support system in this industry and you need to make sure not only 
you have that support system, but you're checking in with yourself too. It yeah. can be it can be hard and it can be really mentally draining, but it's those people that that you love and support that are really gonna be there for you. No, I I definitely owe a lot to the people around me as well. Like right. my mom helped me get here, but there are people who help me get through here every mm. day. I owe a lot to Isabella, I owe, I owe a lot to my girlfriend as well. And I owe a lot to to Mr. Mike Bond, my accompanist <laughs> and the awesome music director of Great Comet. Because mm-hmm. I it's been like two or three times now in the past however many months that I've come to him and be like, I'm so stressed about this. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm cut out for this. And then he's like, let's just chat. Right. And same thing Aww. with Isabella. Same thing with Isabella. I've, I've come to both of them stressing about this career yeah. and this job. And um, Johnny's so right. You need people around you mm-hmm. who are going to support you, who are who know what this is like. Because right. everybody that we've talked about, they're in the same industry. They know what yeah. this is like. They know how right. stressful this is. So you just need people to keep you in check and be like, you can do this. Like, we got your back. Right. What is your I, we favorite? We owe a lot to them. What is your favorite thing about performing? I've got to say my favorite thing about performing, it's ch- it changes so much. It's always going to change. Um, as of recently, since I've had more experience with it, um, it's it, it just has to be changing somebody's day. Uh, I think one thing people don't realize is whenever... I mean, in on Broadway, I mean, they give, there's eight shows a week. Yeah. Um, the performers are definitely tired. They're exhausted. But one thing you don't think about, someone is going into that theater, and it's it could be their first time ever seeing this show, and or a Broadway show, maybe first time in New York City. Yeah. It's, it's something that can be such a casual um, thought for performance, performers, but... People, I mean, theater impacts people in such an amazing way. And it's such a, an amazing way to get a message across. Uh, so I am just, I'm so thrilled that I get to pursue this, but also know that a show that I'm a part of can change somebody's day around or even like just changing out their outlook on life or you know I mean yeah it is such a a beautiful and amazing opportunity so that's something I'm extremely thankful for I completely agree with that but I'm I'm definitely going with uh what I said uh in the first segment about that feeling of creating something Mm -hmm. yeah with other artists like that unless you've been there I almost can't even describe what that's like Mm -hmm. when Everybody knows that. Everybody who's been in the show or does this, they they know that feeling of there's that one day in rehearsal where the, you're that that one time where everything clicks and you're like, right. okay, mm-hmm. we, this is we have a show now. Like mm-hmm. we have we have something really special here. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, you get to experience that multiple times. Like there are certain shows. Like, I remember when I thought that with Urinetown. I right. remember the day I felt that with Urinetown. Oh, totally. Like, I loved that production. And I remember the specific day where I was like, oh, God, this is all coming together. And this is right. this is going to be such a special show. Totally. Like, and this it was, has the it factor. It and it really, totally was. I mean, we I mean, we got so many, uh, like, just we were talking to so many of our friends and family about it. And... Again, you're in town. It was it was such a phenomenal experience, and just the show in general because we all were working together so much. That was the yeah. goal. And yeah. whenever whenever you do that, like I said earlier, earlier best idea wins. Like yeah. best idea in the room wins. Like that mentality, you can create 
a phenomenal show. It brings you closer with your other artists. You're like exactly. You're like, uh, what's the word? Like you become like one entity, exactly. rather than like a group of people in a show. Like right. you become that show. You and it's crazy because like 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 that. Like you you go and you learn to go off of each other and your and their instincts and it can it's so natural. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about it. Mm. I feel like from a viewer's like point of view too, like I like, I don't know, there's something about like whenever I go see like a show, it can be like a writer production, it can be a Broadway production, off off Broadway, anything. And there's just like a magical feeling like mm -hmm. you see a show, you're like, this is the best show ever. But then you see another one, you're like, wait, no, <laughs> I can't decide if this is the best one ever. So it's right. just like for like the audience members, it just like you guys create like such a magical feeling for audience members. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's an honor to do something like this so and I don't know if you like what you're saying right there what I hear I don't know how you feel about this mm -hmm. I think the biggest compliment that I can get as a performer if somebody sees a show that I'm in isn't you were so great or you did such a great job or you sounded awesome or your performance awesome I think the biggest compliment is I loved this show right yeah because you're like I yes like I was a part of something great right especially yeah. I mean like with the prom I recently? saw the prom it was amazing oh, God, I, loved I mean it. <laughs> the prom was awesome I loved it I saw it I'm, I'm so happy you guys liked it I mean like it was an amazing show but that was really one of those shows that was so it was so impactful to audiences. It was, yeah. You guys and did an amazing job. Thank you. And like people, it was the show that people needed to hear. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I that is a perfect example of. I mean, I was so thankful to hear people like they would come up up to me after the show and like they were like, "Oh, you did a great job." But I just like even hearing like my family members saying like that show was amazing. Yeah, it was a really impactful show. Right. Mm -hmm. That is, it's so amazing to hear that. But that's all the time we have for today's show, unfortunately. But it was great chatting with you guys. Thank yeah. you for having Thank me. Thank you this so awesome. much. This was very, very fun. It was. So we'll be back next week with more Center Stage Bronx on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. That's a wrap on today's production. Let's give them a round of applause. Even though the curtains have closed on today's show, you could still listen to this episode as well as previous episodes of Center Stage Bronx on your favorite podcasting platforms, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Make sure you follow Center Stage Bronx for show updates and exclusive content. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Center Stage Bronx. We'll see you next time, only on 1077 The Bronx.